This is Think Smart with TMFG, your weekly podcast of what's newsworthy and relevant to everyday Canadians. With your host, Senior Financial Advisor Rob McClelland and Mike Conan of Asante Capital Management. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I will be discussing RRSPs are a big gimmick. Mike, I came across a very interesting article. I had to read it. It said, this financial coach says RSP season is a big marketing gimmick. Now, what are the reasons behind that? (laughs) Well, it certainly got my attention. Here were the issues that they had of what they called RRSP season. Number one is that it rushes people into making contributions to their RSP without much thought. And so the idea here is between January and March 1st or the first 60 days of the new year, you can put money into an RSP and claim that contribution against your previous year's income tax. Well, remember that used to be about 80% of our business. Back, uh, if you went back 25 years ago, RSP season, we, we used to make sure no one was allowed off work. It used to be the busiest time of year was that basically month from the second week in January to the last week in uh, February was was restricted. No one could take vacations. It was you're working till nine o'clock at night every night, taking in all the checks that were coming in. It's, it's not like that anymore. So it was interesting as I went through the article, you realized that the headline is a lot different than some of the content of the article. And so if I go through, you know, RSP season, yeah, it it is crazy that people wait till the last minute. We know with most of our clients, we're having the discussion well in advance of that throughout the year. All, All that's being done differently than certainly it was 20 years ago. But I think today it's important to talk about the value of an RRSP. And We all know, and especially as financial advisors, when we see someone who's got a really nice pension plan, we're a little jealous. If someone's got a government index pension plan that's going to give them 60 to 70% of their last five years worth of income, and they're going to be able to retire one day and have that, and that pension is going to go up every year, are you not a little jealous of that? Yeah, the teachers' pension plans are, are just wonderful. And the government pension plans are wonderful too. And, and it's funny because the difference you hear is everyone complains about the tax on RSPs when they talk to It's all about, oh, well, you have to pay tax on them when you get them out. Well, pensions are the same thing. You're paying tax on your pensions, but it doesn't seem to be as big of a point when it's talking about pension income versus RSP income, but they're a RIF income, they're, but they're very similar. So, my take is you always have to think of as your RSP is your personal pension. And it can be as good as you want it to be if you do the right things with an RSP. So we're going to talk about some of those, but let's talk about some of the basics of an RSP just to make sure everyone understands. So contributions to an RSP are tax deductible and can therefore help lower your tax bill. So Let's say you're paying 40% marginal tax rate. So 
the next dollar you earn, you're going to give up 40% to the government. So if you do $20,000 RSP contribution, that's going to get you back $8,000 in taxes. Absolutely. So right away. Pretty good savings. So you put $20,000 in, you get $8,000 back from the government, and now you've only really put in $12,000 into the RSP. Again, the trick is the choice in what you're going to do with that $8,000. Most people do a vacation. <laughs> well, but that's a personal but, but that's choice. That's a personal choice, but you could actually put that into savings. Right. You, know, you could top up your TFSA and use some extra tricks. So, so there's a lot of choice of what you can do with that tax savings, right? So not only do you have the 20,000 still working for you in the RSP, but now you can put maybe that $8,000 into a first home buyer's plan or a TFSA contribution or an open account. You've got lots of choice, or you can pay down debt. Pay down debt, that's now saving you 6%. What about the thought of RSP season, you know, all the promotions on TV and it's forcing people to make a rash decision. What's the flip side of that? There's no RSP season. There's no marketing. People don't do things unless they're under pressure. Right? People need a deadline. I mean, deadlines are, are what people react on. You, you know, everyone dreamed of the people who would go to school and study a month before the test. Did you do that? No, <laughs> no never. He, he studied the night before the Thank test. Thank goodness. I had the night before until midnight at least. Yeah. I learned if I stayed up later than midnight, it actually worked the opposite way. It was, it was negative. But deadlines help. Number two. Two is, or number three, I guess, is RSP should be a year-round discussion on how an RSP can fit into your financial plan. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's an easy one. Um, contributions should be well thought out in order to maximize your investments and minimize taxes. Absolutely. I agree with that, but I believe that you've got a long-term investment strategy and so you're not having to rethink every $10 that you're putting into your savings. No. It should be part of your long-term strategy. You know when that $10,000 or $20,000 goes into the RSP, you know exactly how it's going to be invested. Isn't the best strategy for an RSP and TFSA to contribute on a monthly basis? You and I have talked about that all along. And I know I do more of that than you do. But is that the only strategy? Yeah. Well, I mean... The perfect, from a financial point of view, is January 1st of a year, you should do your RSP contribution fully if you have unlimited amounts of money, right? Let's say money, cash flow is not a restriction at all. January 1st, you should top up the money for that year in the RSP because that way you have the money working for you tax-free throughout the entire year. You're probably going to end up with a minimum of 8% more money than the guy who waits till the next year to put the contribution in. Yeah. Or 7% or whatever your rate of return is. But People want to wait to do their tax returns, get the notice assessment, get the details. But I mean, if in the perfect situation, if you are making the maximum, if you know you're going to be on the maximum, you do the maximum January 1st. The next best solution is probably to do it on a monthly basis. Now you're going to take advantage of dollar cost averaging by doing that. So dollar cost averaging is you're putting a set amount of money in every month and if the market happens to be down, you buy more shares that month. If the market's up, you're buying less shares that month. So you tend to be buying at a lower price yep. using dollar cost averaging. Third is you do it on the deadline. You make sure it's in before uh, the first day of March. The biggest problem with monthly contributions in today's world and the, the gig economy or whatever we want to call it, not everyone has the same steady monthly income. Income can be variable. You know, you take even an Uber driver 
and their income can be very variable. Uh, so sometimes some months are much busier than others. So dollar cost averaging may not work for them. Yeah. So what would you do in that case? Would you you'd still do a little bit of dollar cost averaging, yeah. maybe half of the amount? If you have to stop a month or miss a month, you do it. You know, and then you make it up the next month if you can. People seem to be more into tax-free savings accounts than RSPs these days. They love the idea of being able to get that money out free of tax. Are people making sound decisions on these TFSAs versus RSPs? In other words, they seem to be putting more money into the TFSA than the RSP. So there's articles that come out that, again, put down RSPs. And there may be, let's say a situation happens about, my guess is going to be about 3 to 5% of the time where it makes more sense to do money to a TFSA than an RSP. And it's when people have a very strong pension income in their latter years. So someone with a teacher's pension plan or a professor that's going to make, let's say, 70, if they had a couple pensions, where up to $100,000 a year in pension income. At that time, sometimes they say, well, it doesn't make sense to have the growth happen in the RSP. But it's such a minute situation that actually happens where it can make the financials actually make sense on not doing the RSP. It's, it's so rare. And these articles act like it should be done with everyone. It's a very rare circumstance where someone should not do an RSP contribution. To me, the big advantage is you get the two things working for you. You get the contribution plus the tax savings. It's interesting if you look at older Canadians, those that have been around, those that are maybe 45, 50 years and older, they're more comfortable with RSP contributions because TFSAs are a relatively new thing. The younger generation seem to love the TFSA contribution Oh, the RSP, that's for my retirement. I'm never going to need, you know, that's a long way off. I'm not worried about it. What about liquidity, Mike? Where does liquidity become an issue between an RSP and a TFSA? If you Mm. needed $20,000. TFSA is very much more liquid. It's hard to get money out of an RSP. So is that a good or a bad thing? I find it's, I, I find it's good that it's difficult to get money out of an RSP because once money's in your RSP, unless there's a real emergency, you're not going to take it out of your RSP. And it's not that you can't, you can, right? You can get money out. You have to deregister it. And when you deregister it, you have to pay taxes on it. And unlike a TFSA, where when you take money out of it, you still have that room of the money you take out. When you take money out of your RSP, that room is gone. You've lost it forever. So there's a big difference between the two. So last thing you want to access is your RSP funds. We talked about the $8,000 tax savings. When you take $20,000 out of an RSP, it works the other way. It costs you $8,000 extra. So to get $20,000, it's going to cost you that same $28,000 now to get that money. And that room is lost for life. It's gone. You're, you're never allowed to have it back. The other big issue, and I go back to you know even personal experience. I mentioned in a previous podcast where I ran into a cash flow issue in 1999. I did not touch any of our RSP accounts. I did touch the open accounts, even though there was a tax implication on that. And and it's because people tend not to touch their RSP accounts. It's long-term money. It's a sacred account. You know, everyone needs one sacred account that's going to be there to take care of the future you. And your pensions don't, it's not like what a Teacher gets in trouble, they can go to the pension plan and go, hey, pension plan, I'm having a rough month. Can you go and give me some money back from my pension plan? Pension plan goes, no. 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 When you're... When you, if you want to retire or leave, yeah. Yeah. yes, you can access your money. It, it's your money, but you're not getting it. 
And you got to treat RSPs. That's the reason why pension plans are so attractive and so strong because they have zero liquidity. And with that zero liquidity becomes a great ladder income. The TFSA. We've maybe said a few bad things about it. Well, maybe we haven't said bad things about it. We've said some really nice things about the RSP. Is the TFSA still a good, valuable account? It's an awesome investment. There's not many investments like there. There is no disadvantage to a TFSA. The only disadvantage we said, you should not sacrifice doing your RSPs to put the money to a TFSA. But the TFSAs literally have zero disadvantages. All the growth is tax-free. They have full liquidity. You can take it out whenever you want. You can replace it the next calendar year. There's so many advantages to a TFSA. It just doesn't give you the tax break when you put the money in. Another advantage I see on it, it's it's not income dependent. You can make $20,000 a year. You can make $100,000 a year. Your personal TFSA contribution once you're 18 is the same as every other Canadian. We're seeing couples with $300,000 in TFSAs now. So RSP first, TFSA second. They've both got tremendous advantages. How do people find the right mix between the two? If someone was coming to you for the first time, they've got $30,000, they've got TFSA contribution room and RSP contribution room. Where are you putting that $30,000, Mike? A lot of times this is where you need your advisor to look at it. It really depends on someone's tax bracket. You probably want to maximize the deductions you get under your highest tax bracket with your RSP contributions. Then after that, when you start to move into a lower tax bracket, if someone has, let's say someone has $60,000 worth of income, you can do, let's say, $15,000 to an RSP. That's going to bring you down to $45,000. Now you're going to start to write off under only a 20% tax bracket, you know, in that range. And that may not be as worth it. So you may want to put some money to TFSA. But it depends on everyone's own personal situation. That's something where you need to talk to your advisor about and find out what makes the most sense for you. What about an RSP contribution refund? So you put your money into RSP, that example we had where you put in $20,000 and you got an $8,000 refund. What's the very first thing you should eliminate? To me, I think the very first thing is if you've got any high interest debt, yep. whether you've got a car loan that could be at six, seven, eight percent you might have a credit card that's at 19%. If you've got any debt like that- Eliminate it. Eliminate, get rid of it. If you've got a mortgage, a variable mortgage, if you got a fixed mortgage today paying only 2%, I probably wouldn't pay it off. Yep. If I've got a variable mortgage, which is now over 7%, I would yep. definitely pay it off. Yep. Just pay it off, whether a lump sum or whatever the choice is. Any debts, it's a good strategy to pay off. If you've paid off your debts, you've topped up your TFSA, and you feel you've done a pretty good job, there's nothing wrong with spending some of that money. Yep. And enjoying it, but make sure you've done your 15 to 20% of savings. Yeah, once, you have, once you've done that savings, you can feel some freedom that the money is actually yours. Home savings account. So Asante, for the first time in the last week, got permission from the government to launch their uh, first home savings account. Are you excited by it? Do you think many clients are gonna take advantage of it? I think they're great. Uh, was it $8,000 a year you can do? Yeah, up to $40,000 per yep. person. Per person. A young couple could put away $80,000. They're gonna get a tax break on it. It's gonna grow free of tax and it can go towards their first home purchase. I think we're gonna see a lot of parents helping out kids this way. I think it's a great strategy. I've already had 
three or four clients reach out to me. Uh, we were late getting to the start on this thing. Asante was, there's going to be some issue with the government. Finally got it approved. I think it's a great strategy. Is RSP season a gimmick? Absolutely not. I mean, people tend to advertise them more at that time, but as I said, it's better to do an RSP than not do an RSP. If it gets Canadians saving their money in the right place, I think it's a great strategy. If it, if it happens two months a year that we have to do all that advertising to get Canadians to take uh, to make that move, I think it's a great thing. That brings us to the end of another week. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. been listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.